Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Charles. It's Charles. How are you? I am good and hopped up on Red Bull. How are you? Hell yeah. I'm hopped up on good old fashioned uh, caffeine and excitement that I get to talk to. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> no more caffeine. I think I would start over. Nope. Uh, I was going to say I'm hopped up on caffeine and excitement to talk to my friend. Yeah. Uh, Charles stepped up because uh, it was originally Meredith was supposed to record with me, but unfortunately she could not today. So Charles very bravely stepped up at the early, early hour of 1 p.m., (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is very early for Charles. Dragged my gay ass out Mm -hmm. of my gay bed. Yep, your brave gay ass out of bed mm-hmm. and recorded, and I really appreciate it. Um, but I am freshly back from Madison, everyone. So obviously, I wanted to have Meredith on the show to dissect uh, my visit with her because we had like the best time. But actually, I'm secretly glad it's you because listen, I'm going to praise Madison a lot in this episode because Madison fucking rules and I had the best time. But there were a couple cultural differences that I just want to dissect quickly in a respectful arena. And I just know that at least partially you'll have my back. There's one thing specifically that I want to get your feedback on because it has to do with your profession. Okay. Um, So I think you'll have some insight. I mean, based on your, I mean, I know it's all like curated but instagram made madison look fucking awesome oh my god and i can't emphasize this enough i had the best time Mm -hmm. like i have to give it up for madison y'all do dairy so well like (laughs) the ice cream is off the chain like it's so good and you're probably like ice cream is ice cream is ice cream no it ain't no No, it fucking ain't that's not true it's not true. Uh, Madison, you crushed it with your ice cream. We went to House on the Rock, <laughs> which, if you've never been, is the craziest place I've ever been. It was built by an insane rich man who apparently wanted his legacy to be a bunch of insane shit that people could just come and look at. And. Okay. I posted a bunch of photos on my stories and people were just like, where the fuck are you? Like there is a warehouse sized whale sculpture with like an octopus attacking it that I couldn't actually get a good photo of because it's so big that you literally just have to be there in person to stare at this thing in awe. There are rooms filled with animatronic dolls that are the most disturbing things you've ever seen in your life. An entire orchestra of animatronic musicians playing instruments. And by the way, some of them are busted and some of their instruments are gone. So it is like the jankiest thing (laughs) you'll ever see. Just rooms and rooms and rooms filled with porcelain dolls. Disturbing clowns. Absolutely have to go to this place. You will fucking love it. When we got to the second indoor carousel. Second? Second. I looked at Meredith and I was like, you understand me in a way (laughs) that like my own parents don't. And she's like, I knew you would love this. It's like the craziest thing. Like, and it goes on and on 
and on. We were there for like three hours. Holy shit. And at one point I was like, I feel like we're never going to leave. I feel like this is just my life now because it just keeps going. And she's like, that's part of it. You're like lost in this labyrinth of madness and you start to go a little crazy. See, why why can't we have rich people like this anymore? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, billionaires should be illegal. You shouldn't be able to amass that much wealth. However, if you're going to be that fucking rich, do something interesting with your money. Yeah. If you're not going to build libraries and museums and donate (laughs) to things like the way that rich people used to, uh, build some weird shit I can look at. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want to be a wealth consultant. Like, if we have to live in a world with billionaires, I just want to, like, sit the Kardashians down and be like, you don't have to build another house that looks like a museum. Mm -hmm. You could just build a museum of insanity and, like, charge people. uh, Because it's not, I will say this, the tickets are a little pricey. They're a little pricey. Um, But they're not, like you know, exorbitantly priced or anything. I was just like, oh, okay. Okay, House on the Rock. I see you. Is it like bougie museum pricing or like a day at Disney World pricing? It's like, no, 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 it's not Disney. Because if they did that, that would be insane. It's like 35 bucks a ticket. It's not bad. you know, it's not bad. But do you know why I was a little like, oh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When they told me, I was a little like, okay. Okay. And then you get inside and you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. It is really like a once in a lifetime experience. And if you are, you know, of the Instagram generation, you get a bunch of sick photos. Um, and it was just so my aesthetic, like haunted carnival yes. that I was like a pig in shit. You know, I was so happy and you would love it. Like, and also Madison is just, so cool and progressive and queer friendly. I honestly would recommend it as like a quick little domestic vacay. If you don't want to spend like a shit ton of money on a vacation, like go to Madison. Yeah. I was going to say before your trip, it was never really on my list and now it looks fucking sick. It's so fun. You could go see Meredith, yeah, which is I, another little incentive. I was kind of okay with never um, ever going to Wisconsin ever before your <laughs> trip. <laughs> I absolutely would never have gone, obviously, uh, but Meredith lives there and she's also like the best tour guide. Like she loves, she's like so proud of Madison that she bought me a little journal so I could like keep track of everywhere we ate and everything I saw. It was so cute. Um, That's very cute. Yeah, we had so much fun. So now that I've praised Madison, I think everybody knows I love Madison, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm really going to tear into them. (laughs) So... (laughs) There were a couple moments. There were like cultural things and then there were dietary things that I was like, okay, we need to talk about this. So I'm going to start with, I'll start with food. Okay. Okay. So obviously I knew not to order pizza or bagels, right? Because even if they tried their best being from New York city, you're not going to get it right. Okay. Like I know you have your version that you think is good LA. It's not. No. (laughs) It's like, and certainly, no offense, if LA can't get it right, Madison, Wisconsin's not going to have good bagels or pizza. And by the way, they concede that. They don't try to like talk you into it. They're like, yeah, don't get that here because you'll be disappointed. Or, well, Wisconsin cheese pizza 
Uh, yeah, but no? it's so subjective, like what okay. your idea of pizza is, because there's like the thickness of it, how much sauce you put on it, how much cheese you put on it. And I mean, obviously, I am very biased, but like, I think New York has the perfect balance of everything. Um, but that's subjective. Like people from Italy are like, you completely fuck up pizza, you know? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so everybody has their own opinion on that. But because it's so subjective, I'm like, let me not even touch that. And when I'm visiting a place, I'm like, I want to try your guys's like specialty. So mm-hmm. like, my God, fried cheese curds. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's get into that. Let me try. I gained like 10 pounds while I was there, by the way. Glorious. Um, so, <laughs> but one morning I really, really, really wanted, uh, a sandwich or something. Uh, so I check on the map and there's something that is calling itself a deli. Okay. I know. So I immediately have stupidly in my head. I'm like, Oh, like a New York deli. <laughs> so <laughs> I walk there. It's not far. And I walk in and they do have like a display like you would see in a deli. And for a second, I got excited. And then I looked around the corner and it is fully a sit down restaurant. So immediately I'm like, oh, this is not what a deli is. This is like your version of a deli. But I'm like, you know what? Let me give it. (laughs) Let me give it a chance. There's something on the menu called the Brooklyn. Mm. So I'm like, what is this? It is. 15 American dollars. I'm wildly distrustful of the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to get the Brooklyn because that's too, like, I know it's not going to be anything like I'm imagining. I'm just going to get, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get a smoked salmon sandwich. How do you fuck up a smoked salmon sandwich? So I order it. It is, again, 15 American dollars. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, Madison, let me see this thing. They wrap it for me. It takes them no lie, fifteen minutes. What? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was sitting. They they were so nice, and they were like, you can sit and wait. We'll bring it to you. Like so nice, right? Oh, that was another thing. Everybody in Madison is like, they were so nice to me. I was suspicious. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I was like, what's what's happening? What's your angle? What are you trying to get? And then eventually, I was like, oh, they're just nice. Okay. That, okay. I had. Uh- Sidebar real quick. The first time I visited San Francisco with my friend Lou, um, I had to be, uh, calmed down more than once because people were just walking past me saying hello and good morning. And I was like, what's your problem? <laughs> Who that the fuck was are you? Me. That was me, but for everyone taking so goddamn long to do anything. So like anytime we ordered food at a, re- and finally everyone was like, you need to calm down. You're not in New York. And I was like, they're right. They're a hundred percent right. I am broken in a way that I can never fix. But if anybody's walking slow, if anybody's like too nice to me, if the service takes too long, like the, the like New York brain worm in, you know, like my head just gets fired up and I have to be like, take a breath, bitch. It'll be okay. You can do this. So it takes 15 goddamn minutes to make my. (laughs) my sandwich and they bring it to me and it's all wrapped up already. So I can't put eyes on this thing. Right. So I'm just like, thank you. Let me get the fuck out of here. I go back to Meredith and Charles. It's not deli salmon. So it's not like beautiful, thinly sliced smoked salmon. It is fully chunks of salmon (laughs) mashed into this sandwich and I'm eating it. And Meredith like, wakes up and she comes out of her bedroom and just looks at me and she's like, what are you eating? And I was like, supposedly, 
I am eating <laughs> a smoked salmon deli sandwich. And she immediately was like, bitch, like, why did you even order that? You know, it's not going to be what you think. And I'm like, I know, but who in their right mind thinks they're just going to put like chunks of fish in a sandwich? That's what not a deli sandwich. Oh, um, I mean, it's supposed, you know what it's supposed to be? It was supposed to be like lox. Mm-hmm. It was like a lox sandwich. So it was like onion, cream cheese. Oh, that's another thing. Charles, Charles, no bagels in this, in this quote unquote deli. So they're like, you, this is my choice. Okay. White bread or wheat bread. Oh, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. And I was like, not even a wrap. No. And you know, what's extra crazy. The next day we walked by it and I was looking in the display window. They do have other breads <laughs> displayed that you cannot order. <laughs> I thought for a second you were going to tell me that it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I dreamed the whole thing. I'm still in the house on the rock and I'm like, what? What? I thought we left. You could still be there. Um, I, I could be right now. Imagine I'm just like recording in a dark corner and they're like, who is she talking to? <laughs> I'm one of the animatronic dolls now in a display where I'm podcast recording. This sounds like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I was going to say I'm Black Mirror. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that that's more fitting. Uh, so that was my what the fuck, one of the what the fuck food moments where I was just like, what is this? What's happening? Um, then... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit do the major points. Okay. okay. This is the one that I wanted your input on. <sighs> we go to a restaurant and I order a Bloody Mary. Except I go, can you do a Bloody Maria? And I can tell immediately my waiter has never heard this in his life. Nope, probably not. And he was like, a what? And I was like, oh, it's like a Bloody Mary, but with tequila. And he was like, oh. Sure. Mm. And he said it in a way where I'm like, there is not a chance in hell I'm going to get the right thing. So this man brings me (laughs) a, what I thought was a Bloody Maria and then a shot of something. And I was like, interesting. What is this? And I can't tell what the liquid is in the shot glass, but I taste the quote unquote Bloody Maria And there is no alcohol in it. So I was like, interesting. So he must have brought me a shot of tequila so I could like mix it myself and control how much I put in there. And I was like, weird, but okay. Mm -hmm. So I start to dump the shot in and I'm with Meredith and she goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm pouring the shot. And she's like, that's beer. What? Okay. Okay. I go, what do you mean it's beer? She goes, you get a beer chaser with your Bloody Maria. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? And she Why? goes, oh, this is what they do in Madison. You get a beer chaser with your cocktail. And I go, first of all, you need to stop saying it like it's normal. And that I'm overreacting that I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And then I'm like. Why, why would they do this? And she's like, well, it's to like get rid of the taste. And I go, what taste? What? And she goes, the taste of the tomato juice. And I go, Meredith, if I didn't want the taste of tomato juice, why the fuck would I order a Bloody Maria? And she was like, that's a good point. I don't know. And I was like, 
so why do you people do this? And she's like, oh, it's just a tradition. We vote. Have you ever had anyone order that at Stonewall? No. I've, um, like people will get a shot in a beer, but not. That's normal. That's normal. But a, a shot, shot of beer. beer. No. To ch- and to chase a cocktail. No. Because to me, the whole thing no. is the ch- the chaser is the tomato juice. Right. It's all mixed up. Because I want that taste. You think that if I'm ordering a Bloody Maria, that I then want to taste beer? Beer? Why? Why would you think I would want that? And I have to point out, and again, I have praised Madison. I've praised Meredith. She was an excellent tour guide. She could not defend it. I was like, (laughs) explain why this makes sense. And she's like, indefensible. She finally was like, I don't know why. It's just a tradition. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. But you have to concede it doesn't make any sense. And she was like, it doesn't make any sense. I was like, all right, thank you. That's all I wanted. That's all so, I wanted. So any any cocktail you order comes with a little beer? She said it in a way where she's like, this is very, very common. So I think, yeah, I think it's very, very normal to get a shot of beer to chase whatever you've ordered, which I'm just like, first of all, if I want to chase the taste of alcohol, I, pers- my personal preference is like beer doesn't really do it for me Mm-mm. like you know with, when you, if you do a shot of tequila you've got a lime right you need something very acidic you know um or salt or something but i wouldn't want a beer no yeah okay Not good i feel much better since this is like your profession i'm like maybe people have been ordering this the whole time and i didn't fucking know but i thought it was a weird midwest thing not once in my life has anyone asked or asked for a little beer chaser thank you thank you so I'm just like really laying into Meredith, right? About the the beer shot. And we're with her sister, Dana, who's great and was also an excellent tour guide. We're, we're getting ice cream. We're sitting outside. And suddenly mm-hmm. I see a mom and her two kids mm-hmm. crossing the street and they're carrying orange flags. And I say, what the fuck is with the orange flags? And they go, oh, yeah, they're all around Madison. You you take them off of a pole mm-hmm. and you cross with them so cars can see you. And then you just drop them off in like a holder on the other side of the road. And sorry, I what? say, what? And they say, well, it's because we don't have as many traffic lights and it's like a safety thing. And my response to that was, so you're telling me you think the cars, the drivers just won't see you and that the little orange flag will somehow stop them from running you over? <laughs> and they said, yes. <laughs> I was like, what? This city's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, okay. So maybe all the like, drivers there what? are like fucked up on their little beer chasers because they're getting drunker than oh, they're supposed to they're be. They're all drunk. But they're also, drunk. what? Mm-hmm. Because my thing is, like, I understand you don't, like, you can't rationalize building more traffic lights because, like, they're expensive. Um, Madison's not, like, New York City. Maybe you don't need that many. But I just don't understand how, like, now I've got the orange flag, I'm safe. Like, that sort of rationale. I'm like, if a car is going to hit me, they're going to hit me whether I have my little flag or not. Right. And they As like, someone who plays Frogger in New York City traffic yes, daily, yes. this makes no sense. Can you imagine trying to get cars to slow down with a little orange flag? No. They'll kill us. 
Absolutely not. It won't even be considered a crime in a courtroom. The driver would be like, they had a fucking flag, your honor. And he would be like, no, no charges, no charges. (laughs) But that was the one that Dana and Meredith were a little like, they defended it a little more. And I was like, I let it go out of the spirit of friendship. But I really was like, y'all, y'all what? What? <laughs> are they are they specifically for like if you're crossing the road with children or for anyone? No, that was my question. I was like, oh, it's for little kids. And they were like, no, no, it's for anyone. And I was like, fuck. Like I almost was like, okay, kids, right? And they were like, nope, anybody. During the day. During the goddamn day. It was Not, it was because even nighttime would make a little bit more sense. Nope. Broad daylight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What is and- wrong with the drivers in Madison? I, I don't even think it's that. I think it's unnecessary. It's like the beer chaser. It is unnecessary, but it is a tradition that they just keep doing. I wonder how many people got mowed down before they were like, you know what's going to fix this? Flags. <laughs> we need <laughs> orange flags. Uh, so that was another thing where I just had to rise above, as Michelle Obama would say, and um, be like, I respect your culture. While mm-hmm. I'm like screaming inside my head, this makes no sense. Zero sense. Mm-hmm. When they go low, we buy flags. Right. Love so it. my question is, what do you think, like, what is our version of a beer chaser and orange flags in New York that people are like, not like bizarre stuff. Cause I feel like that list is just too long for New York, but like stuff we do that people are just like, I truly don't understand what's happening right now. Ooh. I have one off the top of my head. Go for it. So in certain neighborhoods, poor neighborhoods, uh, people have a running tab at bodegas and mm. they know the bodega guys, but I've seen tourists like not know what was going on where they'll very politely (laughs) wait in line. And then like five people will like walk in and grab like a single thing, like a soda and just cut in front of them and like hold up what they're taking. And then the bodega guy will be like, I got you. And then they walk out and the tours are like, what's happening? (laughs) Why is there no order to the checkout process? And it's literally just like they know that person and they know to add it to their tab. Okay. I I don't see that very often, but I do know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, maybe maybe like uh, like from when we lived in bedside together um yeah. the like the little once the bodega is quote unquote closed the little bulletproof glass thing you can go up to and order a handful of select things only oh yeah 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 like you used to i think you still can you can also buy lucy's there yeah yeah um weird new york things uh oh being indifferent to rats being indifferent to rats. Yeah. I think that's that's definitely one of them. When people come visit me and there's one in the subway, they freak out. I'm like, she's fine. She's over there. <laughs> Keeping with the subway theme, there's also that instinctual thing that happens where New Yorkers know when to bail off of a train. Mm-hmm. Like if you're sitting in the subway station and you're sitting and you're sitting and then the doors open, a lot of New Yorkers will immediately just be like, nope, and get off. And tourists like don't understand no. That like you're gonna be there so long, you might as well just figure out a different route. Yep. Um, that I've seen happen or, a couple times. <laughs> or the train car that you know not to get on 
that's empty. Uh, yeah, and they'll get excited because they're like, oh, we can get a seat. <laughs> and it's like, mm, babe, it's empty for a reason. <laughs> you know what that is? It's poop. <laughs> it's poop. It's some kind of bodily fluid. It's BO. Yeah, it's something. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be trapped in it. Yeah, I, I like. I know we have our stuff too. I had to do that the other day because I was like, oh, like it, it, the, the empty car pulled up right in front of me and I was like suspicious. Ugh. And I couldn't see anything. I was like, I'm just going to wait for the doors to open. What's going to happen? Doors open. No weird smell. Cool. Get on. And then spread across the entire train are four grown men sleeping, laying down on the benches. And oh, I was like, shit. I'm out. Yeah. Nope, I'm fully out. I don't know what this is. This seems dangerous. I'm out. I was going to say something like that happened to me the other day where it was just one homeless guy and he was asleep on the train. He didn't smell. There nope. was nothing like gross going on. And no one got on the car. And I was a little like, come on, guys. Like, I, I rode in that car. And I'm not, like, <laughs> patting myself on the back. But I was a little like, it's not the presence of homeless people. It's just that, like, sometimes, you know, through it's not their fault. But, like, they don't smell great. But he, mm-hmm. there was, like, not an issue. And I think people just saw him and immediately were like, nope. And, like, got on a different car. So I had a lot of space. I was like copping it sweet. Wonderful. Put your feet up. <laughs> People thought I was crazy, but I was like, <laughs> I, this is like pleasant. There's nobody here. The AC is blasting. It was great. I'm fine. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that all I wanted to say about Madison? Yeah. Well, I'm th- Oh, <laughs> something else. So, <laughs> and I kind of knew that this was going to be a hit, but I wore my Barbenheimer shirt and Charles. If we held a vote that day, I would be mayor of Madison. I was so fucking popular. Like Meredith and I were walking around and I eventually was just like, I don't think I can say thank you one more time. Because like, (laughs) honestly, and it was so funny that like we could tell which side of the shirt they were stopping me for based on their appearance. So like it was mostly Barbie people, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there were a couple Oppenheimer bros who were like jazzed. And they were like, oh, and I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, I'm also excited. Um, and I have to say it was kind of a really nice feeling because Christopher Nolan has a very, very specific type of fanboy. Mm-hmm. And that fanboy is very respectful. So, like, they're also excited about Barbie. And they don't have to be, like, the type of guy who's like, I'm excited about Oppenheimer, but not Barbie. You know, they were, like, so excited about both of them. And I thought that was really nice. Now, you've explained why people are so hyped about this movie. And I kind of get it, but I also do not get it. Because every time I see a trailer okay. for Oppenheimer, I'm like, nah. Here's all you have to know. They are not excited to learn about the story of Oppenheimer. Right. As they were not excited to learn about the story of Dunkirk. Nope. What is so amazing about what Christopher Nolan has done is he is still writing... <laughs> On the prestige, uh, no pun intended, because he also directed that, of having directed Batman. Yeah. So these are, these are comic book fanboys who loved Batman, his, his Batman so much that they have just fully bought Christopher Nolan's stock and anything he does now, they approach with the same level of enthusiasm as Batman. So Dunkirk, Batman level excitement. Oppenheimer, Batman level excitement. And Christopher Nolan, you know, I have my qualms with him where like, I don't think he's a great writer. I don't like how he handles actors. Um, but 
He's a great sequence director. And my God, I can't think of a bigger sequence to direct than an A-bomb exploding. You know, like, you can always tell with a Christopher Nolan film that he gets excited about a single scene that he really wants to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, with Batman, it was um, Joker flipping the semi-truck. Oh, yeah. Spectacular. With Tenant, it was, I, I think... The opening shot in the the uh, lecture hall and also the kitchen fight sequence, spectacular. Inception, it was the hallway scene. Yeah. You know, he's really, really good at sequences, directing them. Overall films, he's a little shaky. But for somebody who's like a comic book fan, those big flashy sequences are like why you go to the movies, you know? Right. So I, I think they're excited that there's a new Christopher Nolan film, not that they want to learn about Oppenheimer. See, that's the thing. like I, as a huge Batman fan, I love the Nolan trilogy. Like it's it's fantastic. It's great, great. Yeah. Um, issues here and there, but you know, whatever. And yeah. then I I guess that never it never worked with me. I never got on the Nolan train. It, I mean, like, is is Batman know, is, in Oppenheimer? Because then I'll watch it. <laughs> He's really, really for. The cis straight boys. Yeah. Like he really, really is for them. But I have to say, I don't think his fandom is toxic. Like they are very earnest. They love films. They really love films. And they're not being mean about Barbie at all. If anything, they're like in on the fun, you know? So I thought that was really nice. And like, again, I'm sure you can find exceptions to this as you can in any fandom <laughs> where there's like nasty little incels. Yeah. But I have found by and large that the Nolan fanboys are like a little better than that and that they are like generally just happy that everyone's going to the movies and we're all like having fun together, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, I can also be thankful that Tom Cruise stopped being a tiny little bitch about both of these movies. <laughs> okay. Can I say something in his defense, which I almost never do? <laughs> um, and tentatively, have, yes, you, you can. Know, go- <laughs> I've gone on record many times. Uh, that he's a weird little cult leader mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like not a fan of his personal life at all. Nope. However, he could very convincingly make the argument that he saved movie theaters <laughs> during the pandemic with Top Gun because mm. that brought people back in and was just a monster at the box office at a time when not even Christopher Nolan with Tenant could get people into the theater. Um, Tenet did not do well or as well as a Christopher Nolan film would usually do. Right. And at a time when people were like, theaters are done, Tom Cruise came in with an absolutely massive smash hit and basically saved movie theaters. So, uh, counterpoint, Nicole uh, Kidman did that. (laughs) You know, weirdly, it was kind of both of them. And I will give Nicole credit too, uh, with her, you know, witchy magic. She brought everybody back. Um, but I can understand why he was so annoyed because there is this stupid thing where there are not that many IMAX screens in the United States, like actual IMAX screens, not like there are a few in New York City that call themselves IMAX that we have one at Lincoln Center. Yeah. That's where I saw Little Mermaid. Yeah. It's, it's, amazing i really really encourage people if you love movies try to see an imax film there because it is spectacular um but that is the only one that new york city has so they're in really really short supply so what happens is you get maybe one weekend 
as a massive film and you're out of IMAX. Yeah. And Tom Cruise was like, hey, I understand this is usually how you do things, but I saved movie theaters. <laughs> so can I get a few more days? And they were like, no. And he was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. And he was a little annoyed. And then, of course, you know, he he backed off of it and he's being supportive of Oppenheimer and Barbie, which is great. Um, but I did understand why he initially was like, word? And Christopher Nolan had a good point, too, where he was like, I specifically shot my film for IMAX. Yeah. So you can't cut into my time because I have nowhere to go if you do that. And yeah. great point. And it's like, well, shit, we can't just build more IMAXs <laughs> like with this short of notice. So sorry, Tom. And it's it's shitty, but I'm also kind of like, y'all, can we just build more IMAX screens? Like, why do you have Christopher Nolan and Tom Cruise having to duke it out? Yeah, because like the the IMAX on 34th Street is also not real IMAX, right? No. No. Mm-mm. I wonder how they're able to do that. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really they're good liars. question. I think it's because they could technically play IMAX films, but the screen's not the right size. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you see the one uh, at the Lincoln AMC, it is huge. It yeah. is like a massive screen. That's that's how it's supposed to look. When I watched the last movie I saw the IMAX before Little Mermaid was the first Avatar. Um, and I oh, saw sure. that at 34th Street. So when I walked in to the Lincoln Center or Lincoln Square, I was like, holy fuck, this is huge. Yeah. My my flex <laughs> for something stupid that no one cares about is I've never seen any Avatar film. I only saw Ever. the first one. And that's how I learned that I can't do IMAX and 3D at the same time because I will get sick. Oh, yeah. That's insane. I think I would go crazy if that. Oh, yeah. Well, cuckoo bananas. I would, could not do that. I felt real sick and had to like hold it in for the whole movie. And I refused to see the second one. Listen, I know you're freaked out by the maybe three hour Dune part two. <laughs> I do think Denis is going to cut that down. I hope he doesn't. But we got to see it. In IMAX. I mean, yeah. I mean, I if I we if gotta, I can sit through three plus hours of um, what's his name, Ari Aster's film. What was it? Oh, uh, Midsummer. No, no. no um, but I was afraid. Oh, yeah. If I can sit through that, I can sit through three hours of Dune, especially if I'm there with you and Reed and Chris. Yeah, and we'll we'll give you like a rundown so you're like what the f- you're not like what the fuck is happening because there is a way we can like simplify the story so anybody can enjoy it not just nerds like us um, i still need to see the first one but well this is what i'm saying if they're gonna show it back to back i'm down i just want need to bring like snacks and food and i'm not but i'm not spending like a hundred dollars on movie snacks we need to yeah, sneak in like a feast we'll smuggle we'll smuggle <laughs> stuff in yeah for sure uh did i ever tell you <laughs> i forget what movie we went to go see i was with my uh improv team that's right i'm insufferable everyone and like 15 minutes into the film i heard like and i look over and my <laughs> teammate danny dan lempert had snuck in a beer mm-hmm. and was like popping the cap off and i just thought it was so funny that like he didn't get a can of beer he got like a glass bottle oh my God. <laughs> just, like, holy shit like nobody yeah. nobody cares at amc obviously they don't make enough money to care no nah. i was just like that is ballsy my friend <laughs> that um, is surprising also you need it like a bottle opener with you yeah he like had one on his like keychain and oh i was God. just like yo and by the way, he is also the gayest man, but it was like the straightest behavior Respect. from a gay man. 
<laughs> Respect. I appreciate that. It was a very bro moment for him. Uh, I've only ever snuck alcohol into a movie once, and it was A Star is Born. Uh-huh. And I was sitting there drinking little nips of Jack Daniels. And then, oh, but that's fun. No, no, no. Got to the like the end of the movie because I'd never seen another Star is Born. This is the only one I've seen. <gasps> oh, no. And I got to the end and I was like, interesting. Alcoholism. Got it. Cool. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I, I forgot how the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Um, Yeesh. So AMC, uh, did you know they serve alcohol now? I do, yeah. So we got absolutely blasted before don't worry darling and honestly thank god because that movie's bad <laughs> but it like made it so funny anytime harry styles tried to act we were like cackling who'd you cackling. see cackling uh, i saw with uh angela and caroline ah um, yeah that i i made after i sat through it in a theater with Reed, I made chris watch it at home with me and i was like tell me you can figure out the ending before we get there tell me you can figure it out it's oh, so yeah. it's so easy and cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh god, let's not get into that film. Um, let's recommend good things, shall we? All right. So I saw Asteroid City, and I'm I gotta be honest with you. I am a little surprised that the reaction has been as divided as mm-hmm. it has been. Even like critics who really really love Wes Anderson have been a little cool on it and i'm shocked because listen it might be a personal thing because like i'm going through stuff like in my personal life right now but it's a story that explores grief in a really beautiful way and also the relationship between a creator and like the creator's muse and between the creator and the audience in a very powerful way because if you're familiar with the filmography of wes anderson he has a lot of history with jason schwartzman Yes. And this is like kind of a beautiful tribute to their friendship. And I got to tell you, I was bawling at the end of this film. Oh, no. <laughs> I, in a good way. Like, but I really, really connected with the, the grief aspect of the film where like I thought it was so beautiful and really moving. And so I was very hyped when I came out of it. And then I came out and people were like kind of lukewarm on it. And I was shocked. I, I'm a fan of Wes and even like seeing previews, I was like, mm, maybe. And then when you gave it what, four and a half stars, I was like, <laughs> my really? Rave, All my right. rave review of it. Yeah. I'll say this. I think it's going to be one of those films that uh, will, in- the response will improve as time goes by. That happens a lot with his films. Okay. People will, he's accused of like parodying himself a lot, which is odd to me. I think he just has a very specific signature style. And because he's so well known and now there's that stupid TikTok trend where everybody thinks they can do what he does and they can't, <laughs> mm-hmm. they just know to like center a shot. And it's like, congratulations, you're not Wes Anderson. Yeah. Use that's some pastels. Not, yeah. We get it. That's not the only thing he does. He also like has beautiful character development and like amazing comedic timing. Uh, but because he has such a specific, immediately recognizable color palette and style, people accuse him of parroting himself. And it's like, no, no, he created that style and he has continued to do it because it's his style. And then people sort of like drop that hot take like a year later and they'll be like, actually, you know what was a good film? Asteroid City. And it's like, no shit. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. We've been saying that this whole time. I think Jason Schwartzman's wonderful in it. I think he gets to really like 
flexes acting chops a little more in this. And uh, I also, Rushmore is like one of my favorite films ever. Mm. And that's when I discovered, I discovered, for me, I discovered Wes Anderson. So like I've just had like a really deep connection with Rushmore for many, many years. So to see that kind of come full circle and listen, we're all getting fucking old. Jason's getting old. Wes is getting old. I'm getting old. And like seeing this story really like, ooh, like right, right in my heart, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I think I might wait for streaming, but yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. And also I was shocked. Uh, Margot Ro- Robbie is in Asteroid City and. No one is talking about it because there's so many famous people in the movie and she's not in it that long. But oh my God, when she shows up, like there is something about her that like she doesn't even have to do that much. And I'm immediately like mesmerized by her. How, I mean, I am like obsessed with Margot Robbie obsessed. ever since uh, Suicide Squad, even the bad one. Um, but uh, how is she in literally every movie? Well, like, again, she's barely in Asteroid City, but she's a very, like, significant character in it. And by the time she shows up, like, you understand what's happening and it's, like, it's very moving. Mm-hmm. Um, But, my God, like, every time she shows up, I'm like, she is such a movie star. And it annoys me so much that people are claiming we don't have movie stars right now because I'm like, well, clearly you have not seen this woman. Yeah. <laughs> because, like... She just glows like she's so good. You can give her nothing and she'll find like some little gem and you'll never forget her in a film. And I'm like, how can you say she's not a movie star? You saw Babylon. I I loved Babylon. And again, I still need to see that again. A lot of critics didn't like it. And I watched it and I was like, man, how can you say you love movies and you don't like Babylon? It yeah. is so over the top, batshit fucking crazy in the best possible way. He throws every trick into that film and she is like a goddamn vision in it. And like mm-hmm. the most beautiful woman who's ever lived. I'm like, are you dead on the inside? Like, how are you watching this? And, you're, and the music fucking rips. It's so good, dude. I'm down. I, I was excited to see it. I just didn't get around to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is fully like a cocaine fueled nightmare. <laughs> Of a film. And I'm mm. pretty sure Damien Cazell has never actually been to a party based okay. on what he thinks a party is. <laughs> okay. But I loved it. I love Babylon. I'm down. I literally anything Margot Robbie is in, I will go and watch. I still need to see once I'm upon so excited a time in Hollywood. About Barbie. Oh, I if anyone could see our unhinged group text about Barbie. So I was like, honestly, <clears throat> excuse me. I was honestly like, uh, cause our group text was like popping the fuck off because Charles doesn't like bees. <laughs> Guys, it was a whole thing. Like, they could kill me. They could kill. Are you allergic though? Yes. Oh, you are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, I retract 90% of what I said. Okay. I was like def- def- defending them because I was like, they pollinate flowers and they're super cute. Like, have you ever seen them fall asleep in a flower and look at this little bee's butt? Um, but that group chat is supposed to be about Barbie yeah. because we are fully obsessed. About not just the film, but like the insanity of the promotional tour around it. It's wild. It's wild. Mattel is I'm not just Mattel, you know, obviously the the uh the studio too, but the amount of money being poured into promoting this thing is like breathtaking. And I don't necessarily mean in a good way. It's just like 
all encompassing in a way that is like really shocking. <laughs> Anyone who has a huge movie coming out going forward needs to hire this marketing company. Well, it's not just the matter of hiring the team. It's how much money. I would be really curious to know how much money they're spending because I feel like they really, really, really broke the bank on this because they know millions. it's just going to be, oh, millions and millions and millions and millions. Like they know it's going to be a huge hit. So they're mm -hmm. just like, fuck it. We lost so much money during the pandemic. We have to go so hard for this thing. And honestly, I don't think that's a miscalculation. It's just a little depressing because there was just a big profile that came out about IP in Hollywood and how Mattel is trying to now make movies about all their games and all their toys because they yeah. know Barbie, you know, and they spoke to Greta's agent who was like, Listen, this is just what the industry is now. Uh, she can't just make small indie films. She's got to have big studio films too, which I agree with. And I think Greta should is, she should get paid. You know, like I would like the filmmakers. I like to get paid money. <laughs> yeah. I, I absolutely hope that whatever her contract was, she gets a percentage of the box office as well. I think after She's this. Better. Greta should have a blank check to do whatever the fuck she wants. Cause I'm absolutely. like, how many times does this woman have to prove herself? You know, she has taken very small things like, you know, Lady Bird and Little Women, and they were massive fucking hits. Mm -hmm. So she's proven herself. And now she's going to do it again with Barbie. Let her do whatever the fuck she wants. Apparently, she might do Narnia next for Netflix. And I'm a little like, mm. Ooh. Netflix. I mean, yeah. Oh, I thought Disney owned them. Okay. Um, if, 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 if one studio could just do all of those books, please, for once before giving up halfway yeah, through. Yeah, I guess. I'm Is she going like, to do movies jazzed. or a series? Um, I think it's a movie. Okay. Sweet. I'm down. I love Narnia. I love Greta, so I'm kind of in for whatever. But uh, yeah. So what the fuck? was? Oh, I, this was about Asteroid City. I'm like, why am I talking mm -hmm. about Greta? <laughs> <laughs> it all circles back around to Greta. That's fine. Uh, do you have anything before I keep recommending stuff that you would like to recommend? Um, I... I have a I have a wreck and I have a soft wreck. Yes, I would like um, to hear both. Uh, I would uh, recommend the movie No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Um, it was really nice to see an R-rated, uh, like raunchy comedy that isn't super gross. Yes, I know what you mean. Um. And like to just let her go balls to the wall, do whatever she wants. She was very, very funny in this movie. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad that she's finally really leaning into comedy because, uh, there's a film cred critic named Sean Fennessy, great film critic, listen to his podcast. Um, he's, he's wonderful. Uh, but he had a kind of hot take about J Law that I agree with, which is yeah. she almost always is miscast mm -hmm. in that she is consistently cast as older women. Yes. And it's almost universally true. If you look at her filmography, it's like she's too young to play every role that she's played. Mm -hmm. And it's like, finally, she found her niche. Where, I hope she like, sticks with this, yeah. So did you hear that the next thing, apparently, is she and Amy Schumer wrote a film together? They, Yeah, I saw, what was it, on Watch What Happens Live, she was talking about yeah. it. They've been and writing it for years. I really hope that gets made because, like, I would love to see them together. 
Speaking of Barbie, do you remember when Amy Schumer was attached to that to play Barbie? Ooh, do you remember when Diablo Cody was supposed to write it? <laughs> yep. Yes, I do. It's had so many different iterations and gone through so many cycles and so many different creators. I understand what Diablo was saying about it, but I am really glad Greta got it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think this is as smart of a take as we're going to get from Hollywood about Barbie. Do you know what I Probably. mean? Probably. I think the most like distracting she thing had in the movie is probably going to be Will Ferrell. Just Will Ferrelling all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the clips of, um, oh, my God, uh, not Ryan Reynolds. Um, Gosling. Gosling. Thank you. I, I was like, Ken. He's just Ken now. <laughs> uh, Ryan Gosling looks so funny as Ken. So funny. I'm so excited. I think he's going to be like. I'm kind of afraid he's going to outshine everybody because he's so funny. But someone else who needs to lean into comedies more. Well, he tried. Do you remember the other guys or not the other guys? Um, no, I do not. The other guys was Will Ferrell and uh, Murky Merck. Um, nope. I have no recollection of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Uh, um. He's great. He's so funny. Um, I wish he would do more comedies, but I feel like he kind of tried and people were a little like, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to find it. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think he's such a talented, uh, comedian. The nice guys, the nice guys. Nope. Dude, I highly recommend you watch it. Okay. Uh, it's Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, and they're both so fucking funny. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't watch it. Not a huge. You don't Russell like Russell Crowe? Crow? Not a huge. Not a huge fan. Oh, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan. I just like wouldn't not watch some something because he's in it. You know what I mean? It's not that I'm not watching it because he's in it. It's just like when it's the same thing. Uh, like with Tom Cruise, if he shows up in a trailer, I'm like, uh, maybe pass. Although he's having sort of a comeback right now, as is Ryan Gosling, but he was in that weird priest movie. The yeah, the <laughs> that the looked Pope's like Exorcist. ridiculous, but people were like, it's, yeah, but people were like, it's really kitschy and fun, and I was like, oh, okay, I I watch that. I, I again, that's a that's a streaming movie that wasn't a theater movie, but I was like. Is, can we just get an exorcism movie that does something new? I know. And the thing is, what's so heartbreaking about that to me is exorcisms and possessions are easily, if you do them correctly, one of the scariest things you can make for mm -hmm. Catholics. It's so easy to scare Catholics. If you do anything with like demons and the devil and consistently it's fucked up where I'm like, how did you make this not scary? Maybe that's why they never really like. I enjoy an exorcism movie because you, you can basically do whatever you want. Um, but uh, as someone who's not raised Catholic, I'm just like, I don't get why this is so scary. Yeah, it's like people. a profoundly it, it because since we're kids, we have been told that like if the devil gets our soul, we'll burn forever in a lake of fire. So mm -hmm. like the scariest thing that can happen is the devil possesses you. So like. I saw The Exorcist when I was really young and it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was just like, so, and it wasn't necessarily like the, the vomiting pea soup and stuff. It's like when she comes downstairs into the party of the adults and she looks at her mom and says, you're going to die up there and pisses mm -hmm. like really like disturbing behavior. Cause the idea of like the fact that 
it's not her she's being operated like a puppet is like so (laughs) disturbing but yeah it's so it's just like an easy scare i'm like how are you fucking this up yeah got millions of catholics who are so afraid (laughs) oh anyway um so no hard feelings no i I really want to see it it was very funny raunchy it's like a a rom-com that's not a rom-com uh it was just it was it was good and it was nice to see her be really funny and just go balls to the wall and do whatever she wanted. Um, I do hope she keeps doing that because she is so it's so weird to me that it took people so long to realize she's really good at that. Because yeah. like in every interview, she's fucking hilarious. Yeah, and it's like cast her in comedies, you idiots! What are you doing? And she went through like a, a mini. Do you remember when everyone for a while hated Anne Hathaway for literally no reason? Oh, I have a rant about this. Okay. Okay. And here's my conspiracy theory, all right? So it's not really my conspiracy theory. It's I'm, I have built upon a pre-existing conspiracy theory, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is people turn on popular actresses when they cut their hair. <laughs> okay. So this happened to J-Law. She cut her hair real short. People yeah. suddenly turned on her. They did this to Anne Hathaway. She cut her hair real short. People turned on her. It is currently happening to Florence Pugh. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check any comment section of any photo posted about her. People are being very rude about her short hair. I think oh. she looks beautiful. They they're very me- they're very mean to Flo when she cuts her hair and when she shows her boobies. I think uh, she looks beautiful. Also, I've noticed it more when she goes brunette. People are like, "Wow. wow uh-huh, what is uh-huh. this?" Anytime they reject like standardized <laughs> beauty, People turn on them. And guess what? J-Law's having her comeback right now. Mama has the longest (laughs) extensions in her hair right now. She's more blonde than she's ever been in her life. She looks stunning. Yep. But she is very feminine right now because I think she's trying to win everybody back. Yeah. Um, In the, in, in, it's not like, I don't think it's very salacious at all because it's a dirty comedy, but there she has a full frontal nude scene in this movie that is fucking hilarious oh my god i heard that she's fully naked so funny i love her i'm so happy she's coming back me too uh so what's your lukewarm wreck uh my soft wreck would be um have you heard of the show it's on netflix called glamorous no uh it is stars one miss kim cattrall oh wait wait, wait. Um, i've heard about this because mm-hmm. i think um didn't matt have the creator on as a co-host because bowen's taken a break from Lost Culch? Uh, possibly. What a insane sentence if you didn't know any of those people or any, any of, of those people. shows. I think the creator just co-hosted Las Culturistas with Matt, if I'm okay. correct, because they were talking about Kim. But he, but he Matt's in the movie. Um, like half of the cast of Fire Island is in this um, TV show. Sorry, not movie. Um, it is uh, about a little gay boy who gets a job at a makeup company and think Ugly Betty. In that okay. same way, like underdog kind of like working your way up the ladder kind of thing. Yeah. At a makeup company instead of a fashion magazine. Um, and it is super, 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 super gay. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, it um, sounded so fun. Like they were just describing some of the scenes, and I was like, this sounds like a goddamn joy. Um, but uh, overall it's a little a little milk toasty. Okay. Um it's it's you can see the inspiration where it all came from. Devil Wears Prada, Ugly Betty. Right. We see all that. Um, there's a, like, you don't, and this is not necessarily a bad thing. You don't always love the main character, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. But if, uh, for like 
about half the episodes, I was like, you little douchebag, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but it was very, <laughs> it was, it was fun. I love, I love Kim Cattrall in anything. Yeah. And she fucking, anytime she's on screen, she fucking owns everything she's doing. Um, and it was, it was interesting to see, like, again, it's almost the same premise as Ugly Betty, that without the, um, excessive bullying and racism. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. Um, they, they give this person a, a hard time because they're just not necessarily good at their job, not because they are a person of color or a woman. <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, I was like, okay, we're not going to make any racist jokes. Hooray. Right. Yeah. The, it <laughs> We've was come funny. so far. The, uh, the creator, I feel bad. I don't have their name in front of me, but they were talking about how, um, they wanted to reference sex in the city. And like have Kim's character reference Sex in the City, and they were like, "We can't do that. <laughs> it's too, it's too meta. We're all fucking. Our heads will explode if we do that." Um, I was also like, "I don't know if Kim would want to do, that. <laughs> you know, all the drama behind the scenes with that. I don't know but, if she, yeah, and she was coming back. I know. I kind of love that she's being so cunty about it. Like, yep, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I." There's so much drama behind the scenes and shit, but she knows that she's like has a lot of power right now. And I kind of love that she's being cunty. <laughs> she's the fan favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I do think that it's uh, after so, her saying for years and years and years, she wasn't going to come back um, doing it for the anniversary. I'm kind of, I am upset the same way that she is. And even Andy Cohen was that it leaked because it was supposed to be a nice surprise for everyone. Yeah. That sucks that we can't be surprised by anything anymore. No. And that she demanded that um, certain people not be on the set when she was there. <laughs> Ooh, I know. She like, listen, I, I wouldn't want to be on that set. I'm just enjoying hearing about it from afar. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you watch and just like that? I do. Yes. Uh, how do you, mm, how do you feel? Um, the, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the second season a little bit more. It mm-hmm. seems more in the tone of the original series. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first season was a little bit like, uh, look, pro- look, progressive. Look at all the things. Yeah, look, look, we're doing all the things we should have done in the original show. We're like, I yeah, heard, look, look over yeah, here. I heard it was like cringy, kind of like boomer humor. Very much. Yeah. Um, I, second season, I think, is a lot more palatable and a little bit, a lot yeah. more fun, actually. I've never seen an episode of Sex in the City, including when I, I believe you and Chris tried to show me an episode once. Our old roommate, Chris, not Australian Chris, at our old, old, old apartment uh, when we were little tiny babies, I believe, because Chris had the entire series on DVD. No, I do. Oh, you do. I'm sorry. Yeah. On DVD. To be fair, both of us probably did. Yeah, it was DVD. (laughs) (laughs) I think you actually both did. And Chris put on an episode once and I made it maybe 10 minutes and stood up and was like, no. I can't do this. I'm so sorry. I'm glad the show makes you guys happy, but I it is just like nails on a chalkboard. Um, yeah, going back and watching it now, I'm like, wow, uh-huh. the things uh-huh. that we said and got away with. I mean, oh, it wasn't even like yeesh. I don't want to present myself as being noble. I wasn't even like progressive and offended. I was offended by the jokes. I was like, this is not funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and I. Greg Barrett, I know Greg Barrett, and I think he's wonderful, and he's a wonderful comedian, and he was one of the writers on Sex and the City, and I was still like, I can't do this. Cannot do this. No, no, no. Uh, so I've never seen a full episode of that. So, of course, I haven't wow. seen 
and uh, just like that. But I've been fascinated to watch people's reaction to it. So I mean, you haven't seen the movies then either? Nope, nothing. Wow. Yeah, that and Avatar are like massive gaps in my pop culture knowledge but like i know enough about it like i even know stuff about the characters because it's so prolific in our culture you know that's me with a star war yeah star war (laughs) i've never seen a single star war it's just a star war how much could it be but i know all of the characters and all most of the stories at least of the classics yeah i mean there there are certain aspects of our culture that are so universal that everyone knows about like people who have never seen harry potter still know about harry potter you know yeah Mm -hmm. um but anyway guys we're over time please follow charles on all the socials at charles rockhill follow me at allison kilkenny follow the show light trees and pod if you're a fan of what we do and you want to keep us going go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button or go to my patreon patreon.com slash allison kilkenny uh, if you're a supporter over there, you get to send questions, comments, concerns, and I will eventually read them online when I'm not chatting away with Charles and somehow an hour has gone by. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to have co-hosts who I don't want to talk to as much so I can finally get to Patreon <laughs> messages. But that did not happen today, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 